Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and today we get to go to Saskatoon, Canada, and uh, we've never been in Saskatchewan before, and so this is the first chiropractor that we've interviewed that's from Saskatchewan. This guest happens to be in uh, our program, The Shift. Uh, she's also helped doing uh, have some leadership roles in Canada with the new um, CNAC, uh, the new Association for Chiropractors. She is a Parker graduate who graduated in 2008. She's, uh, she has a really cool story, so we're going to get into it, but she's just crushing it right now. This is all post-pandemic, and so I wanted to get her on here because, uh, like, there's going to be some new things that we have to deal with, and, and, and she's still dealing with the new things and still um, crushing it in practice. And so I want to kind of get her story. So I want to welcome Dr. Sheila Bonnet to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Dr. Don. It's a pleasure to be here. This is awesome. So like I like to do with all my guests is, uh, is kind of get your origin story of how you even found out about chiropractic in the first place. Okay, absolutely. Um, mine goes back. I'm, I'm young in chiropractic. You said I graduated in 2008, so I'm starting my 13th year of practice. 12th year of practice. My math isn't so good. Um, anyways, my, my initial exposure to chiropractic was actually thanks to my grandmother. We had gotten in a car accident together and I was getting headaches. I was five years old and, uh, she, at the, she always had thought that, uh, chiropractic, chiropr- chiropractors just walked on water. She was really an avid, um, she was an avid member of the chiropractic lifestyle. So it, uh, it was great. She, took me to her chiropractor and he adjusted me one time with an activator. I remember it. And I didn't have another headache for as long as I could. So it was great. It worked very underwhelming. Didn't change my life. Um, Well, I mean, it did, but yeah, exactly. (laughs) It did change my life, but not a lot. Um, and so fast forward a little bit and I was 16 years old and I was very athletic. I was, uh, playing basketball and wrestling in the same, same time season, one practice to the next. And I remember that this particular wrestling practice, it was a rookie move. It was my rookie season and I just got taken down wrong and my elbow dislocated. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was, that was a traumatic experience. Um, I remember being more scared than in pain and it didn't actually hurt. Uh, just very scary. Looks looked terrible. Oh, um, yeah. Gives me the heebie-jeebies. That's why I'm a yeah, chiropractor. A little bit, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, the typical medical route went to the emergency room. They gave me a whole bunch of morphine and knocked me out. And I woke up with an elbow in a sling. And two months later, I couldn't fully extend my arm. And so I would extend my arm and I would have it slightly flexed and internally rotated. So you know, as a basketball player, that didn't work so well for me. So I taught myself how to shoot left-handed, which uh, was really good for my brain at the time. I can't do it anymore, but that was good then. (laughs) See, if you don't keep using it, you lose it, right? (laughs) It's very, very true. Very, very true. And then lo and behold, once again, my grandma comes and saves the day. She says, you got to go see my chiropractor. 
this is now a different chiropractor here in Saskatoon. Um, but you know, I, I went in and 16 years old and I remember he walked in the door and I burst into tears because I went right after school and all day I was just thinking he's going to just take my arm and snap it over his knee. And like, that's going to be the end of it. It's going to be the end of me. <laughs> so a little bit of fear coming into that, totally. um, but, <laughs> but you know what? It was amazing. He, uh, he went through everything, you know, he's a very, very principled chiropractor, went through everything about the connection with the nervous system and how the joints in the neck are changing and yada, yada, yada. You know, he told me the whole story and, you know, within a very short time, I had a fully functioning and amazing arm um, and the rest of my function as well. And so, uh, you know, that experience is what really changed my life. Um, and it, it totally turned me and put me on the path towards chiropractic because it was that experience that said, I'm going to do this. This is something really cool. I'm going to be a chiropractor. That's awesome. How old were you at that time? 16. 16. Yeah, 16. 16 years old. Yeah. 16 and you already know where you, what, what you wanted to do. Yep. Yep. I was, I was pretty, pretty set on that. Um, or it obviously was because it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I uh, thought, okay, great. I'm 16. I've got lots of time yet before I can go anywhere. So what am I going to do to help myself with my practice? And I applied and uh, became a CA. Cool. So yeah. So I worked as a CA for well, a total of 14 years, I guess I've technically been a, was a CA for longer than I've actually been a chiropractor still. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll get so into I, that later, but that was probably a really good perspective, right? Because oh, it was amazing. Uh, yes. like often a lot of chiropractors have no, uh, no experience being a, a chiropractic assistant. And so just kind of getting that beforehand would be, there's probably pros and cons, but we'll talk about that when we get later in your story. But yeah, so you, so sure. you, you you started working at, did you work at just one office or did you work at a few or? I've, I've actually worked at six different chiropractic offices, um, throughout my CA career. Um, and wow. it was, it was amazing. Most of them very high volume, a couple, just one doc systems, um, one doc operations, but yeah, it was, it was really, really great. I worked during all of my breaks at school and I have a really great relationship with, uh, with all the chiropractors that I've, that I've worked under before. So it, it really set the stage for me coming back to Saskatchewan, coming back to Saskatoon and, uh, and joining my colleagues here. That's cool. So Saskatchewan's a little bit interesting because there's quite a few clinics that have like big multi-doctor offices, right? Maybe yeah. just tell the listeners yeah. a little bit about that. Because did you work at a, a, quite a few of those clinics? Or I did. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, I've had the opportunity to work in a number, like I said, a number of clinics and a lot of them, um, we have, like, there's one in particular that there's eight, not, I think they have nine docs now and they've actually split into two offices, but that was one of the offices where I really grew up in chiropractic. Um, I spent not 10 years working for, for those doctors. Um, and we still have a really great collaboration and a really great uh, relationship with them, you know, um, they're, they're wonderful. So high volume, lots of docs to manage at the same time, lots of other practitioners, you know, multimodal um, office as well. So there was a lot to manage on that going back and forth. So it yeah. really got my ninja scheduling skills, as you and Brandy like to say, <laughs> under, <laughs> under good training. <laughs> well, and that's so true, right? Because yes. um, we always say, like as uh, Brandy always says, at first when you're training a chiropractic assistant, first you have to learn, you learn all the rules. And then once you learn all the rules, then you learn how to break all the rules, right? Because <laughs> yes, that, that's exactly. just the way, yeah. the way life is, right? <laughs> exactly. You have to. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, you know, it's, it's funny because you talk 
talked about Saskatchewan and how you've never interviewed anybody from Saskatchewan. And I didn't realize this, but Saskatchewan has a really um, interesting reputation amongst Canadian chiropractors. Um, and it, I, I thought it was really funny because Saskatchewan was one of the very first provinces that got welcomed back to reopen. And, and granted, we were always available for urgent care, but yes. you know, being able to reopen to the general public. And I remember that on this particular Facebook page, just seeing the the envy, and I was like, oh, for the first time ever, we're envious of Saskatchewan chiropractors. What's going on here? <laughs> well, it's funny, and I think that just came from like when I first was in practice. All I remember is that like uh, that in Saskatchewan, the activator was illegal, and so yes. so that was the weird thing that was about like anywhere in the world, um, which is interesting. You got adjusted activator. Was that at the time it was illegal or was it? <laughs> that was before it was illegal, but I was actually a CA when that got finally overturned. So I was again in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember a lot of conversation about that. Well, it's so interesting because like, like by just by talking with you, like in general, uh, Saskatchewan, they're pretty principal chiropractors in there. So, immensely. Yes. So it just, it just seemed interesting that that was a place where they said you couldn't use activator, but, but just so everyone well, knows I mean, you can now. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can use instruments now. Um, yeah. you, you definitely can. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. It's like anywhere, right? It's always yeah. split. Um, and yeah. I just exist in a principal bubble, I guess, because I've never, I've never really come up to bat against anybody telling me I can't practice the way I want to. So, um, I've, I've been very lucky, very fortunate, or maybe I'm just following the rules. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, it. You know, like I said, it, it, it really depends who you surround yourself with. Right. And that, yeah, that just true. shows how powerful that is. Um, now you have a cool little story of when you're a chiropractic assistant, when you saw Brandy speak. And I, I think this story is hilarious because it always makes her feel really old. So I, I was wondering if you could tell the listeners that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so back in, I don't even know what year it would have been. It probably been 2003 or 2004. Um, I was invited as a CA guest with uh, one of the groups of docs that I had worked for down to Parker Vegas. And uh, they, I already was an accepted student. I was just finishing my undergrad. And so, you know, I was super pumped, you know, this is the school that I'm going to go to. And at that time of, of, uh, at that time, Parker was the be all and end all, right? Yeah, like totally. Parker seminars was absolutely the place to be. So I remember I had gone to a particular CA seminar and uh, onto the stage walks this beautiful, gorgeous woman. And she is wearing these pink high heels and a little bit of leopard print. And, you know, it, it <laughs> obviously it was Brandy McDonald. <laughs> and uh, I just remember and she, she just killed it. She rocked she rocked the stage and she commanded the audience. And, uh, you know, it, it coming from a very busy practice, I really, really resonated with her. So, and at that time I was like, eh, she's from Edmonton, like amazing. We're basically sisters because we're neighboring provinces. <laughs> totally. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah. So it was really good. I, I definitely remember seeing her up on stage. <laughs> tell, yeah. tell me a little bit about your time um, at Parker. Because again, at that time you had some, again, you, you've really been always surrounded with some really awesome mentors that really have I, helped to, I really to shape have your, your destiny, right? Tell me yeah, a little bit I about really some of the, the instructors and, and guidance you had from Parker. Absolutely. So I started Parker down in uh, 2005. And so at the time, uh, Dr. Fabrizio Vancini was our president and uh, amazing mentor, amazing chiropractor, really lucky to have been there during his uh, tenure. Um, And we had these things every Wednesday called Parker Assemblies, or not every Wednesday, first Wednesday of the month, I think it was. Um, So yeah, Parker Assemblies, and they would bring in a speaker and the whole school, the whole whole student body would uh, congregate 
and we would listen to the speaker. Well, the first speaker up on the first Wednesday of the Parker Seminary, the Parker Similes that I got was uh, Dr. Jill LaMarche from Timmins, uh, Ontario. And nice. so he actually, yeah, absolutely. Um, at the time, I believe he was the vice president of academics, I think. Or Parker Seminars or something like that. Or like, well, I, or, I think he had a, a number of roles. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. When you've got such a talented chiropractor and talented man, you, you get to fill a lot of, a lot of roles there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was definitely one of the first speakers that I had, uh, was, was lucky to hear from. Um, and actually, funny enough, his son was in a class behind me. Um, so I ended up meeting him you know, a, a few months later when he joined in second trimester. Cause you know, as Canadians, we all stick together. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then another one that, uh, that I got to listen to quite often was uh, Dr. Michael Hall. Nice. So he, uh, he was definitely one of our instructors and uh, got to learn some functional neurology from him. And that was funny because as I'm learning all this stuff about sympathetic dominance and forward head posture and, and all this other stuff, I, thought this was just, this is how everybody learns it, right? Like this is, this is what every chiropractor ever has ever learned. And this is what every chiropractic student right now is learning. No, no, that's, that's definitely not how it is. Cause you get out into practice and, and you just, you realize how that information is not getting to the front lines. It's not getting in the trenches with most of the chiropractors. Um, so I feel very, very fortunate to have been able to learn from him as well. And then one other amazing Canadian who you also had on this podcast was uh, Dr. Nicole Lederman. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So you can't see me in the video, but I'm all of five foot three and I tower over her because she's even shorter. <laughs> and, uh, I remember her teaching me how to rock some side postures and rock some big adjustments on some very tall individuals, probably exactly the size of you, Dr. Don. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think like, I always use that example. Um, when I have patients who are female, like, cause we're right by university of Alberta. So we get a lot of students that are in kinesiology and that are considering possible chiropractic. But the problem, the problem is they look at me as the chiropractor and then they go, Oh my gosh, like you're six, four, 235 pounds. Like, <laughs> like, I, like you must have to be big in order to adjust. And, and like, I use that story all the time where I got adjusted by cool too. And it says, she basically comes up to my elbow, but she can give you an awesome adjustment. And I <laughs> well, said, it's, totally. it, yeah, and it's not about power. It's like, uh, I say it's kind of like martial arts where you just have to really learn uh, really good mechanics and really good form. Of course, it doesn't matter if you're really small or if you're really big, you still have to be careful not to hurt yourself because that, that is of one course. of the common things people can do, especially if they do more of a manual, uh, mm-hmm. a manual technique. But, um, mm-hmm. but it's super inspiring, right? To get, to get mentorship, especially I would imagine I'm not female, but I'd be imagine if I, if I was female going to school and then I had another mentor that was female and smaller than me, then you'd be like, well, heck, if she can do it, I could do it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. It, uh, I was, I was very, very fortunate, very fortunate. I, uh, I loved my, my little Cairo bubble back, back then, not even realizing it was a bubble. <laughs> right. And I, like, I, I just think like compared to other schools, like the, the mentorships that other students would get, because did you, did you even learn that there's like in school, did you know that there's like two different styles of chiropractic or a spectrum? I did. Yeah, I did. Again, yeah. coming from my CA background and uh, the chiros who I had worked with and for um, were very active politically within the local scene. Yeah. Uh, so I was aware that that existed. 
Yeah. Well, I just, yeah. I just can't, I just imagine, you know, you get two, two students go to two different schools, get okay. two totally different experiences. And then when they come out, it's just going to be a whole different ball game. Cause if you yeah. don't know, if you don't get to learn or don't have uh, teachers that are really confident in the power of the adjustment and you come out and you don't really know the power of the adjustment and you're not really that confident in the adjustment, you can see how easy it is just to do other stuff. Like, because yeah it would just be, it'd be frustrating to start practice. So, so that, that's, uh, that's, that's why it's so important to have really good schools. And so, um, you know, we have, we have our short list of schools that we usually refer to because that helps to give you the, the good, uh, philosophy or the reason why you're doing it and the good tools to do it. So, exactly. so that's, that's pretty cool. So mm-hmm, I agree. you graduate Mm-hmm. And and then didn't you go on some crazy trip to Australia after? Well, it wasn't really crazy, but yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Um, there was a delay. <laughs> there was a delay between when I could sit for Part C of the Canadian Board Exam and when I graduated. Um, and so I ended up having to wait for four months, I think it was. So I thought, well, what else can I do that's going to fill my fill my professional cup here? And uh, so I had the opportunity to go to Australia and to learn under Dr. Neil Davies. So nice. um, he's a, yeah, yeah, he is a chiropractor in uh, Ballarat, Australia. And uh, Cairo Kids was his... Uh, his clinic, his office brand. Um, and it was amazing. I was in there every single day, Monday through Friday. And, you know, he was writing a textbook at the time. And so I was involved in, in that process in terms of, um, um, you know, student proofreading basically. Um, and it was, it was phenomenal, you know, just to basically be his shadow for three months was, unbelievable unbelievable so again another highly principled chiropractor uh palmer grad from way back when he always says he's 100 years old i don't think he's that old but you know (laughs) he uh, he's a very very principled chiropractor and uh you know i learned a lot about more specificity and subluxation and i always say subluxation was one of my first words in chiropractic so um it uh it was another really amazing experience and to step off the plane in february from Ballarat, Australia to Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And I literally started practicing the next day. Um, it was wow. a little bit of a turnaround from midsummer 2009 when all of the forest fires were happening to six feet of snow and uh, practice. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And so, so yeah. you, you didn't really work for him. Did you, did you have like a no. work visa? No. So, so you no, just basically no, just, you just shadowed him for three months yeah. and just hung out. That was amazing. Yeah, totally, totally. It was an it was an amazing experience. I can't wait to get back to Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like I say, it just gave me a ton of momentum to really hit the ground running when I started practice. That's cool. So when you opened practice, what did you do? Uh, did you become an associate I, uh, or? Uh, I did. Yeah, I did. I started as an associate in one of the clinics that I had been a CA for, um, and it was an amazing experience. I uh, I hit the ground running and I was I, I started my practice right around the time that chiropractic got delisted from um, our government healthcare system. And so I think that happened in my first or second year of practice. And so um, I didn't really notice it that much because, again, I was still in upward momentum and in practice growth phase. Um, but it was an interesting time because that's where communicating chiropractic and what we're doing and why we're doing became arguably even more important because people went from paying nothing and having unlimited services 
to paying $9 to paying $12.17. And then all of a sudden overnight they paid 35 and there was no extra government input. Right. Right. Um, so it was, it was an interesting, interesting time. Um, but again, just another opportunity to really hone our communication skills and our teaching skills and, uh, communicating why it is we're doing what we're doing and why we're so passionate about it. That must've been hard for some chiropractors. Cause I can imagine if you've been in practice for say 20 years or 25 years and the government has always paid everything for your practice members. And then all of a sudden they, they have to start paying that much. Like were you around chiropractors that had been in practice for quite a while? And, and did they find I, that was challenging? You know, I definitely did. I, I definitely was. And even some of the doctors in my practice, but you know, at the same time, I feel like collectively, again, because everybody was so principled and they'd always been talking the talk, yep. um, you know, it wasn't like they were like, oh, this is free. Come in. It was, they were always telling people why. Why they're coming um, in. Yeah. So I feel like it, it didn't hit our bubble as hard as maybe others felt it. Right. Um, so again, just, just in the circles that I run in, in chiropractic here, we didn't really feel the backlash as much, you know, yeah, volume dipped a little bit, but then just as anything, you get people now that they're paying for it, they recognize the value of it and they're yeah. almost more invested. Oh, that's awesome. Now, when you were in practice, um, what were some of the things you did? Because there's going to be people listening to this podcast that are just starting practice or might be stagnant and would like to be in the growth phase, but they're maybe not. Because um, yeah. I like when you said you're in growth phase compared to if you're more like once you've already got your momentum. What are some of the things that you did to help grow your practice in your growth phase? You know, again, so Saskatchewan is unique. Saskatoon is unique. Um, Saskatoon is a very... It's a small city, but it has a very small town feel mm. and everybody is word of mouth and everybody wants to go see this person's friend. And you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of um, person to person referral. Yeah. Uh, so really I focused my efforts there and I was very lucky. So my passion is pediatrics and pregnancy. And I happen to have had three children while I, while I've been practicing. That's work um, experience. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, just meeting the people who I've met in the community, you know, meeting my midwives and meeting my doulas and my breastfeeding educators and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I was really able to set up uh, an amazing network of friends and professionals who we just refer back and forth to each other. And we have, and we still do to this day. So um, I'm very, very lucky. I, I didn't have to really go out and pound the pavement as much per se. I guess I was doing it, but I mean, I was going to the childbirth class because I was having a baby and I was going to the baby wearing class because I had a baby and a carrier and I wanted to know how to use it, you know? So I was pounding the pavement, but yeah. um, for, for myself as well. Well, and it's funny because we talk about in the, we talk about in the vitality shift about, um, about your, um, avatars that, that okay. you, that you'd like to go after. And, and often if, if chiropractors are having a hard time making the avatars, I'm like, just make them about you. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> because, because if your avatars are the, the, the people you, that you're, you're targeting are the same people that what you do, then like you said, like, you, you, like that's probably why I think people get a little bit burnt out. Cause if they're, if they're always going out somewhere to try to get new people and it's in a place that they'd never would ever go. <laughs> yeah. It's not as yeah. inspiring than like, even for me, like I played basketball and hockey and, and every time I was playing the sports and I was talking chiropractic while I was doing what I like to do for fun, I was always generating new people from, from yeah. that as well. So it, it would be, um, I think some people might just forget. And I think Brandy will often uh, get frustrated because sometimes chiropractors will have a whole 
already network that they hang out with, but they just end up not talking about chiropractic at all. So, so did you just make, um, did you make a point of just, of telling people what you did or just bringing cards when you did, when you went there? How, how did you, how did that work? You know, a, a few days ago, I posted this meme and it was every, it says everyone has that one friend who can turn something into something dirty. And it has it crossed out. It says everyone has that one chiropractor who turns every conversation into chiropractic. Yeah. That is, that is me. So I don't do it intentionally. I just, it happens. So no, I didn't take my cards. I just talked and, uh, (laughs) you know, let everybody know that that was what I did. So, and just, you know, with, with childbirth and with, with babies, a lot of the quote unquote ailments and a lot of the struggles that they have, I mean, having a well-functioning nervous system absolutely helps that. It's a really nice byproduct of having that calm, ease sense within your nervous system. Right. Um, so, so, you know, it's not something you have to convince. It just works. Well, it's kind of nice though when you just do it automatically. Uh, it's funny, totally. a, a good friend of ours, uh, Dr. Craig um, Foot in Australia, with with a lot of people he coaches, he calls it the turnaround game. And so, if people aren't used to talking about uh, turning everything into a chiropractic top, well, when you uh, just listen, like listen or watch Brandy's posts, so follow Brandy on Facebook, yeah. <laughs> right? Because that's a good example. Uh, and then what what uh, Craig has done is that he'll actually do this live and role play where he'll just start a conversation and then then you just see how fast you can turn it into chiropractic. So it's like a good training tool too. Like if you're not used to it, like that's something mm-hmm. you can practice. But it but it's kind of nice when you kind of default that oh, because absolutely. because chiropractic is based on just basically a a life principle. It is so easy to uh, relate it to everything. That's why we're basically like I'm like become the analogy king because I, I, a lot of times I'll be like, what do you do when I, when I have a new person in? Cause when I know what you do, I'm going to link chiropractic to what you do and, exactly. and you'll understand it and you'll understand <laughs> yeah. it like a ninja. So, so that's super powerful. So tell me a little bit about um, your desire to go from associate to having your own practice. Absolutely. Um, so I was an associate and like I said, I've had three kids. So I, you know, through my first and my second postpartum period, I was, I had actually bought in right before I had my first child. I was as a partner in the office that I was at. Um, so I went from, you know, associate, if I don't work, whatever, there's no really responsibilities there, uh, to an owner of a multi-doc, multi-practitioner office, um, and a four member ownership group. So some interesting dynamics there, right? Right. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was really mostly a very positive experience. Um, yeah. And then when I announced that I was pregnant with my third child, I, I just was, you know, it came known to me that it was time for me to move on um, right. and that our values and priorities were not the same. And that's okay. You know, I, totally. I, there's, there's no problem with that. It's good to know that. Yeah. Um, and so I exited myself from the business and uh, came, ac- came upon an interesting opportunity in near where I live, actually, and was able to open up a new business with my current business partner, Dr. Kimberly Baker. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, so when you said an opportunity opened up, um, did it just happen that you bought a practice or that you just no, found just a location? A, it was a beautiful, vacant bay in a strip mall. <laughs> oh, nice. So yeah. So you found, you found like the perfect yeah. place. Oh, I totally did. Yeah, I totally did. There's like 20 foot windows on the front and there's a ton of healing light and energy here. And, um, our purpose is to be a vibrant hub of practitioners committed to optimizing the health and vitality of the community. And this is the perfect place to do it. 
That is amazing. So, so you get all that set up and, and, and again, when you kind of moved, did you bring a lot of your people with you or did you start, did you have to start pretty new? Well, um, since those details are locked in a contract, maybe we shouldn't talk about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we can just assume you grew, you started from nothing or something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And well, and it, largely we did, right? Yeah. Largely we did. It was just yeah. him and I in terms of chiropractors. Um, yeah. And we ended up being able to welcome a few massage therapists with us. And we had some, some other practitioners as well. Yeah. And, you know, hiring staff is always super fun. So we had to do that from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, but again, my CA experience and basic like office manager type experience, man, that was a huge asset starting from nothing. A huge asset starting from nothing. I can imagine. Wow. And yeah. so, so kind of what would you say like the top, the top one or two things that you, um, that you took from your CA experience into your new office? Well, we made the switch to go to a paperless system and a fully automated cloud-based system. And uh, we use Jane app for anybody that's listening and wants to know about it. And I love Jane like there is no other. Jane is amazing. Oh, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Still, I'm still paperless. Actually, I still have the stone with a chisel <laughs> and a hammer. But I'm, one day we're going to go, no, just kidding. <laughs> there are benefits to that. You know, it's a lot easier to remember people's names when there is a paper in front of you. In front I of you, I know. Your, yeah, I, know. I just listened to Martini with that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> um, but no, the, the biggest thing was, you know, setting up my schedules and how to, again, ninja them into... Mm-hmm creating a high volume office that, that flows, you know, my goal is never to have people waiting an exorbitant amount of time because, you know, like, again, I service families. And so nobody wants to be sitting here with their three kids when they got other things to do. And, you know, everybody's time is valuable. So I, uh, that was a big goal of mine to not have people waiting in office. Yeah. And I, I remember that from Jill LaMarche too. His goal was you'll never have to wait longer than 20 minutes. And uh, I, I, I really, exemplify that as well. And I strive to do that in my own office. That's cool. So tell me a little bit about a time. Is there any time so far, I know you're young in practice that you got a little bit burnt out? Oh yeah, totally. Totally. Maybe give us an example of that and and kind of what you did to kind of pull yourself out of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, So after my first, so when I was pregnant with my first daughter, um, I of course was the absolute perfect. I did everything perfect. I had the right number of grams of protein. I did the right amount of exercise, all that kind of like, just all of it had to be perfect. Um, and I had a midwife and I was finding a home birth and I had a doula and everything was amazing. And bam, 36 hours later, I ended up on an operating table having a cesarean. Um, so that was an incredibly humbling experience. I'm just going to go out there and say that. Um, it, uh, it was traumatic and horrible and amazing all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny, but I, people have asked me, like, if you could do something different, would you do it different? And I don't know that I would. Um, you know, I, I definitely never wanted to have a cesarean and I don't wish it upon anybody. But at the same time, holy man, did that open up my eyes to a whole other side of, uh, of childbirth and pe- parenting. So again, that just created another avatar for me in practice and another, another yeah. access point. Um, but after having Lily and I took eight weeks off practice, I think it was mm-hmm. eight weeks off practice. And then I started back in part-time. Um, that was probably one of the most challenging times in my life. Um, you know, dealing with all the postpartum hormones practice, owning the practice or part owning the practice. Yeah. Um, and just how to juggle all of that. Um, and I know that that was the only time in my life where exercise kind of fell by the wayside 
um, all those types of self-care things fell yeah. by the wayside. And I was really just struggling to keep my head above water. Because, um, you know, again, doing all the things, doing all the things parenting perfectly, right? You know, we're doing all the extended breastfeeding and all the baby wearing and all the co-sleeping and, you know, all the yeah. things that psychologically create this beautiful nervous system. Holy smokes, I had a wake-up call when I had my second child. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, I think that's such a good lesson. I think just in general, because I see this a lot. We, we haven't had kids, but I know a lot of chiropractors are so like attached. They want it to be so perfect in a natural mm -hmm. way. And, mm -hmm. and it seems like sometimes the universe will give you that just to kind of to, to kind of show you the yin and the yang, right? Like totally. even just, just for yeah. me, I had, I tore my car cartilage in my left knee and I'm like, I'm not doing surgery. I'm rehabbing it. And it, mm -hmm. I spent eight years in agony while practicing, trying to rehab it and, and kind of creating all these other issues and stress and all that stuff until I finally had the surgery. And like the next day it felt like there wasn't a wedge stuck in my knee. Totally. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I should have done this earlier. But it just kind of yeah. like, anytime you get too off balance, right? If you get too in that mechanistic mode or too in that, there's no way I'm ever going to touch that yeah. in my life. Right. So I think sometimes That's it exactly helps to balance it. us a bit. Eh? That's exactly it. So that 80, 20 rule is something yeah. I, I wholeheartedly live by. You know, sometimes we're going to have macaroni and hot doggers or hot dogs, <laughs> hot dogs for supper. Um, but granted, they're going to be free range and they're going to be oh, yeah. organic butter and milk still. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's funny. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a time in my life where I really felt like going to practice was a struggle. And that alarmed me because I love being a chiropractor and I love chiropractic and I love my I'm going to call it a job, but I love what I do every day because I don't feel like it's a job. Um, so for me to start feeling drained like that, I was, I was pretty worried. Um, and it sort of, it really continued, you know, like I say, after I had my second child um, and my second and my third are a little closer together. They're, they're two years apart instead of three and a half, like my first two. And that's where, you know, like I say, the priorities and what I wanted out of life and practice were different from where I was at. Um, and so, you know, realizing that I was trying to do all of these things and where the inefficiencies lied, um, I really just went back to my core values and what my core values are and, uh, in terms of family and, and, and how I practice and all that kind of stuff, um, and looked at what was not matching and what did and what I could change and what I couldn't. That's cool. And so was there a point where you hit rock bottom kind of thing and you said like, that's it, I got to do stuff or, or was it a slow, was it a slow awareness? Cause again, first we have to be aware. Cause I know sometimes when things hit the fan, we're not really aware, but then, but then sometimes you either have like a slow realization or a quick one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There, this, I didn't think I would share this story, but I'm going to share this story. Um, when I was pregnant with my second child and remember I had a cesarean with my first, it was a home birth transfer cesarean. And right. so as I'm pregnant with my second child, I'm lucky enough to have a midwife again. Yeah. And that was a really scary pregnancy for me because all about the birth, right? Like I was focused yeah. on the VBAC, the vaginal birth after right. cesarean and just being a functional, a functional birth. Um, and so my stress levels personally were through the roof. And then yeah. my stress levels about that baby were through the roof because what she, fe or well, I didn't know was she at the time, but what she feeling was mom going all crazy all the time. Right. And it came out, it, I'm not the type of person who does nothing when I'm stressed. I get angry when I'm stressed. Yeah. Um, and so that's that type A alpha. 
And, you know, you might notice personality types within your office, but that's the type A alpha who, when things are not going appropriately, jumps in to control them with force. Great. That's that's me in an unbalanced (laughs) state. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had one of my business partners basically sit me down and in a nice way, tell me I was being a bitch and that the staff was like scared of me. And uh, that I was like, what? What? Really? I, I had no awareness of that at all. I was like, right. what do you mean? Like, they're just not doing their job. How can they think I'm the bitch? Well, I hope we can swear on your podcast. Yeah, no, you totally can. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, no, you can. <laughs> um, so that was a really big eye-opening time for me. Um, and it was right before I was having my second child. And again, I kind of took my time off with Claire. And it took a little bit longer. And I did a little more soul searching and felt like I came back with a little bit more handle on um, the positives and the negatives of my personality type mm-hmm. um, because I am, I'm a type A alpha and that, that, that can, that can really be beneficial in a lot of ways and it can really hurt you in a lot of ways if you're not careful. Well, I think this is great. So anybody who's listening again, we talk about the personality types in my book and, and on the, and in the shift, but mm-hmm. that's a great example of an alpha when they're stressed out, they can run over people, but they're not doing that with the intent to run over people. They're the doing that in the tent to get whatever they want done. Right. So yeah, that's like, totally. you're kind of like out, out, outcome orientated where mm-hmm. it's sometimes if you have the lab, the other personality who gets burnt out, they actually will like at the people, they'll actually, mm-hmm. they'll be, we call it the bitchy lab, <laughs> which will actually, <laughs> or that, that's the nice nasty where they kind of come. Yeah. So, yeah. but I think that's super powerful though, because when you learn all the different personality types and you learn what they're like in an unbalanced state, then you mm-hmm. can easily, more easily realize it's not about you. Right. And mm-hmm. if, if someone was working with you and understood those, that's great that they could sit you down and just go, Hey, I know you're not trying to be personal, but it's coming. Like some people could take it personal because they're not like as ninja. And then that was nice for you to get that reflection back a bit. Yeah. Well, not perfect. I mean, sometimes I do take that personally. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, Totally. (laughs) It's it's an awareness thing too. It's, it it is, it's it's a real key to have it in your, in your back pocket. So I think that's so cool. And and just, we always say know thyself because the better you get to know yourself, the better that you're able to communicate with other people and then just Mm -hmm. deal with other people too. So Mm -hmm. so absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that story. I think that'll be super helpful for uh, a lot of listeners (laughs) out there. Now, I wanted to talk a little bit about the post COVID because Saskatchewan was one of the first places to open back up. We were all, we were all shut down except for emergency or urgent cases. And uh, you guys were, I think just right, I think a week before uh, Alberta to open back up again. And, and you've really kind of got rolling back quite quickly. And so I just wonder if you explain, because, you know, hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, most places are open more. There's still some places that are closed. Um, Mm -hmm. But maybe just this gives them a little bit of a peek around the corner and some inspiration about getting back to normal after all the trauma. Absolutely. I'm uh, going to pre-frame it by going back to March. And uh, when everything was sort of starting to, people were starting to become aware of some of the things that were potentially happening within the world. Um, and I'd, I'd have people ask, like, are you guys closing your business? Are you closing? And I remember I would tell everybody, I'm like, I'm not closing until I'm forced to close. And it was kind of like my little joke because uh, yes. I never thought it would happen. And holy man, that Friday that it happened, I mean, I was a wreck. 
I, uh, again, let's go back to my purpose and to our principles here in practice is that we're committed to optimizing the health of public. And yeah. when you've got a quote unquote health crisis happening locally, what do all the chiropractors want to do? They want to help. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So I, I took the news really hard. Me and Kim both, we took the news really, really challenging. Um, and at this time now we have an associate and we have a full gamut of, of staff members under us. Um, and so again, I, I liken that to a period of time where my stress levels, my sympathetic dominance started to creep up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm thinking like, what, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make any sense at all because, you know, knowing what you and I know about the immune system and virology, it, it just, it challenged me quite a bit. Um, so we closed our doors, we laid off our staff and we made ourselves available for urgent and emergency care. And again, this is another time where my CA skills became utmost and, uh, and very, very important. Um, I can because, tell, I can know. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. If I didn't have Randy, now, I'd have been in serious trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, cause now I'm scheduling all my own people. I'm in here, you know, we're, we're trying to balance one doctor at a time. Cause we were each taking care of our own, our own client base. And so, you know, we're looking at the schedule and okay, when's Dr. Tim going to be here? When's Dr. Kim going to be here? Okay. I'm going to fit myself in here booking people back to back. So I got enough time to do all the things that I need to do in terms of cleaning and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and our goal the whole time and even since reopening was to have people be safe, feel safe and not contribute to the panic and fear. So that's kind of the approach with all of the mandates that we have, have come down with, you know, um, like we have a sneeze guard in our office, one of those clear shields, because the alternative was that our staff would have to be masked. And I, I, I'm of the opinion that masking definitely contributes to fear. And if the sneeze guard is going to accomplish the same task, well, we'll have a clear sneeze guard for a little while. Great. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I know. And that's yeah. the same with us too, is that, well, we have the option, you have a sneeze guard or you can be six foot and our, our office is pretty wide open. So we, we mm -hmm. keep that social distance. Keep the um, six so feet. we didn't have to do it, but that's, uh, yeah. but that's, but everybody just has to do what works best for them. So, exactly, so right? when people started coming back, um, what was your mindset? Cause I know some people are just like, they're more complaining about the, the, the new restrictions, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. instead of focusing on how they can make it work. Uh, so how, yeah. how, what, how have you done that with mindset wise? You know, it's really funny. Um, I have never, ever had a scarcity mindset. The scarcity mindset just does not resonate with me. I don't know why, because I grew up with a single mom and we were not well off. So I really should have had a scarcity mindset. Um, but, you know, it just, I didn't. And, you know, things always just ended up having a way of working out and, and, so that was kind of the mindset that I took with this. I was like, oh my gosh. And I'm lucky enough, I've been in contact with a lot of our practice members. A lot of our people who come and see us, they, I was communicating with them the whole time, whether it was through the urgent care or when we were back open. Right. And so, you know, I was able to open our online booking platform three weeks, two weeks before we were open. And I just watched it light up. Like it was incredible. It was amazing. It filled my cup like nobody's business. Um, just to see the people who were so committed to their health and understood, again, what their priorities are for their own health and function and to see them be excited to access the care. Um, 
And, and yes, you know, we are following all of the guidelines in terms of physical distancing and spacing. And we, the technology is really helping us because people can wait in their car and we have the ability to text back and forth with them or call or what have you, right? Our windows are really amazing too, because we can just wave at them and be like, hey, come on in. Um, <laughs> So, and we have a large waiting area as well. We're allowed 10 people with physical distancing. Um, and so, you know, if a family wants to come in and sit on our couch that's easily wiped down, you are more than welcome because you're not breaking any rules by doing that. You know, please do, right. please come in. We want to see your smiling faces. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was kind of the mindset. And again, just going back and living by my principle of optimizing the health of our community that, um, it's really afforded me me well and our office well. You know, everybody everybody is watching those numbers kind of climb. And uh, I think Brandy actually said it well on one of her Facebook posts. I uh, Brandy comes up on the top of my Facebook post every single morning. And it's funny because she'll post something else. See, she's posted it three minutes ago. And I'm like, I'm already liking and commenting. What's going on? We're just <laughs> still just <laughs> resonating well. Her Was she up at the same time? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, but she said, you know, the first... And she likened it to phases, right? Because we're phase one reopening, right? So the first wave or the first phase of people that are coming in are the people who, like I said, are committed and they're, or they're in a lot of pain and they've been waiting. Um, But they're not generally people who are a little bit afraid of coming out just yet. And so it was a really nice way to sort of dip your toe back into practice and like, I just jumped right in. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it was a really nice way to surround yourself with some some tangible people to put your hands on to connect and and draw that healing energy from them just as much as you give it back mm-hmm. yeah I, I find that too and it was just like uh, like you get the, the the diehards that aren't really freaked out about stuff and then you got the ones that are sort of a little bit scared and they're the ones that are coming in now we've been open for three weeks uh, yes. and then once they yeah. come once then they're okay. Cause they, it's just, they yeah. just like, what's the protocol? I don't like, they don't know mm-hmm. what to do. Mm-hmm. And then of yeah. course we still have some people that are going to be, that have not come back yet that probably will take a little longer just because they're in, in that yeah. fear zone. And so I and think that's just, okay. totally. Yeah. yeah. And it's just yeah. keep keeping, keeping things like you said, you where you acknowledge their fear, but not ex- mm-hmm. exacerbate it. Exactly. Exactly. It's funny because I've had, I had one person in particular, she also runs a business and she's in phase two or think but I remember she said you know with all the the PPE and the parameters and everything she's she's we finished up and she goes well that wasn't awkward at all and I'm like that's good (laughs) she's like well I just assumed it would be really awkward so I was kind of coming in to just sort of check out how I could reopen and I was like oh okay well good I'm you know I'm glad that I was able to sort of set your mind at ease in more ways than one um, because it doesn't have to be awkward you know yeah we're doing you know maybe we're doing some things that we don't necessarily want to or agree with or what have you but we don't have to make it awkward and scary so in closing, we have chiropractors all around the world. And again, they're all in different phases. Sometimes like some places in Australia, they barely even drop. They only drop like maybe 20%. Other places like New Zealand got like totally closed and, and UK slowly starting to open. And even some places in Canada aren't opening yet. So what kind of words of inspiration would you have for those chiropractors um, uh, getting things, trying to get things rolling and get their offices back rolling like they used to be? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would, I would say that just to go back to your principles and your values and figure out which ones, I guess, bring you the most vibrancy. Um, Because if you're not living with your principles, it's going to come out disingenuine Mm -hmm. uh, or disingenuous. Uh, So, you know, make sure that you are aligned in your values and in your principles and 
take those values and principles to your practice. You know, um, if they weren't before, use the time when you're not working to create an opportunity for them to become more congruent because living a congruent lifestyle is the only way to bring balance to your life and to bring vibrancy to your life. Um, I work a significant number of hours more now having three kids and 50% owner of this practice than I did before. And I feel significantly more energetic and way happier and way better than I ever have. And it's because I took my values and my principles and I made my team and, and our practice align to that. Um, or tried to anyways. <laughs> it is, it's always a work in progress, right? It so, is always, it is yeah. always a work in progress, but you know, that that's, that's my biggest bit of advice is just find out what your values are and live congruently with them. That's cool. Yeah. Cause I find if you're in your bot in your top values, you actually get more energy when you're doing it. And, it, and you're always, you're always a good clue is if you're doing something and it's sapping all your energy, it's probably not. hundred percent. My first, my first day back in practice, I felt like I didn't take eight weeks off. I finished up that Tuesday afternoon and was like, oh, that was amazing. This is exactly what it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's excellent. So thank you yeah. so much for joining us on the podcast, Sheila. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Yes. And so for everybody out there, I hope, um, I hope all the best for everyone, um, which, whichever stage you're in, um, you know, reach out to us if you have any questions. Uh, we hope you get back rolling as soon as we can so that you can continue to create that shift. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.